Hi guys, it's Laulu. And it's Oyin. Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. And we're so excited about this series, the Black Disruptor series, and we know you are absolutely going to love it. We've got different guests coming in, um, from startups to corporates, so do make sure you're listening to our new friends. And we're so sorry that this episode has a little bit of background noise in it, but we hope it doesn't take away from the content of this episode. Hi everybody, hope everyone's doing well. Um, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Um, You are welcome to the Woke Up Podcast. So today we are um, starting our Black Disruptor series. Um, It's been super exciting actually planning this. Um, And we have no other than the She's the Boss International, Daniela G. The only. <laughs> the only boss. <laughs> the one and only boss, uh, Daniela Jean is on today. Um, Daniela Jean has been riding with us for about two years plus now. Um, she's been our coach. But actually, I wouldn't speak too much. and I'll, I'll like her to introduce herself. So, Daniela, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I am Daniela Genus, founder of She's the Boss International. Um, I have been running She's a Boss since 2017, providing uh, multi-method business support to ambitious entrepreneurs. Um, And multi-method approach, that means I combine coaching with consultancy, training and accountability to support really ambitious entrepreneurs to grow, to scale and also to launch sustainable systems-led businesses. Um, in addition to that, I am a senior business advisor for Enterprise Europe Network, working on their Innovate to Succeed program, supporting SMEs to develop innovation strategies to help them uh, launch new products, services, and also in some cases, businesses. I also sit on the board of First Class Legacy, which is a charity based in Birmingham, dedicated to supporting inner city young people and communities. Amazing, amazing. And guys, this is a very established and successful woman. So I'm sure you're going to love to hear what she's got to say. Okay, our first thing that we wanted to ask you was, what's one thing you love about yourself or one thing that you feel is distinct about yourself? That is a hard question. You just went straight in, didn't you? Um, One thing, gosh. One thing that I love about myself. Um, this should be easier for me to answer than it actually is. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm, I am very determined. Mm. And I think that that is something that um, a lot of people and myself, I appreciate about myself, if that makes sense, because there's times where I potentially could have given up in certain situations and I continue pushing forward which kind of forms part of my motto of think big take action keep pushing um so I'd say that's probably the main thing I and I'd also say I'm quite um empathetic mm-hmm. I think that, that enables me to be quite a good coach because I, I can kind of put myself in people's situation and and empathize with the challenges that they're facing to a certain degree Mm. Yeah, we can, we can definitely relate to that empathetic thing. We know that we can come to Daniela because Daniela is a business coach with anything and she will be able to actually correct us but at the same time feel, feel with us as well. Um, and so that's really, really important to be, um, to be a business coach, really, to be honest. So we're just going to go into it. 
you know, what did your life look like three to five years ago? Um, tell us about your story. Um, and, you know, what was your aha moment or catalyst moment for change? So the birth of my daughter. So she's probably going to come in and out of this. She's already come running in once. Um, but she will be five in July next month. Wow. So five years ago, I was about to give birth to her. And I'd been running my first business aspire for you at that point for a number of years and was in the process of uh, securing investment to try and grow the business. That investment was subsequently pulled mm. and I was then, um, I then had to sell the business. Mm. So I was a, a new mom, which comes with its own sets of challenges. Um, and all of my identity had kind of been centered on being this female entrepreneur from Birmingham, being a, an award winner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I didn't have a business, and here I was kind of locked up at home, mm-hmm. not, not properly locked up, like I was allowed out, but you know what I mean, um, with a new baby and kind of confused about what I wanted to do next. Yeah. Luckily for me, because I had done the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program mm-hmm. a few years prior, I was able to secure a uh, scholarship to do my MBA at Aspen Business School. So my daughter was born in July and I started my MBA in September. Wow. <laughs> really, that was the catalyst for my current kind of career trajectory mm. now. Um, because I, I was doing the MBA and in fairness, there's a friend of mine, um, Nathan, and I, I've thanked him about, I've said thank you to him before, but I think it's important to, to thank people publicly. Whilst I was doing the MBA, he kept coming around and said okay so what's next in terms of business what are you doing and I'm like oh I don't know I'm just doing this MBA I'm just doing this motherhood thing I'll work it out at some point and he's like no this is not good enough like you're the boss lady what's happening um and he challenged me to do a 52 books in a year challenge mm, well wow. at the time I was like that's ridiculous I'm doing an MBA I've got a brand new baby there is no way I can read a book a week it's not possible so what he did is he just would order the books and have them sent to my house and then he'd show up on a Saturday morning with his uh, with his cameras, like full recording equipment, cameras, speakers, everything, and say, we're doing a book review. So, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is, he knew me well enough to know that if I knew that's what was gonna happen, I would somehow find a way to do it. So I began doing the reading mm-hmm. and through reading the books, I read um, Fastlane Mil- Millionaire or Millionaire Fastlane, I always forget which way it is, by MJ DeMarco, and it was talking about um, there's three types of people, there's fast laners, sidewalkers and slow laners. And in reading the book, it kind of reignited my entrepreneurial passions. And then I was like, OK, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and people had been in contact with me asking me for some business support and business advice because I'd been kind of doing informal coaching and mentoring uh, when I was running my previous business. So it kind of seemed like the obvious thing to do to launch my own business support service. And that's essentially what happened so really it was partly down to Nathan because otherwise I probably would have just continued doing the MBA and then got to the end of it and then said oh my gosh now what am I doing wow that's really cool <laughs> one of the things actually when we first met I remember we when we met about was it two years two ago? years ago yeah two yeah. and a half years ago or so um and I had a meeting with Daniela and I was I was really skeptical about business coaches at the time uh because I'd had lots of people wanting to coach me 
um, but I didn't know whether it was the right fit. I remember asking Danielle lots of questions, and at the end, I was like, it looks like we are the right fit. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, Daniela. <laughs> you basically walked the path that I want to walk in, and actually, that's why, you know, one of the things I want to say about this as well is when, we're, when you're picking a business coach, because Daniela does that for a living, you need to actually look at wh- whether these people have walked the path that you're, you're about to walk in because their experience, not just their academic, business mm-hmm. academic expertise, but their experience really does help you, um, really will arm you and help you um, in your business journey. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to relate to your, your coach. You need to be able to call them and be your whole self with them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you, Daniela, for your service. We really appreciate you. <laughs> as always. Um, so what were the things you did that have, that had dramatic, um, that, that, had, that has dramatically changed your life outcomes? So it can be your habits, your practices and your beliefs. Um, so there's a few things. Number one is, which you know I'm always banging on about, having a really strong, compelling, clearly articulated vision. Mm. So I've told the story a few times on my social media um, about me deciding me and my husband deciding we wanted to purchase a house and me sitting down and buying a whiteboard which is currently sat behind this computer and drew a floor plan of what I wanted the house to look like and we then started putting things in place to enable us to get that house which included me um taking the contract with Enterprise Europe Network and within a couple of months of well in fact within days of me drawing that picture um, I got a call from a property developer to say that a home was available. And when we went to the show home, they showed us the floor plan and it was pretty much identical to the floor plan that I'd drawn. In terms of the contract with Enterprise Europe Network, which I needed to get to enable me to purchase that home, I said, if I'm going to do any contract that's above and beyond the business that I'm already trying to establish, this is what it needs to be. I need to be able to pick the SMEs, the businesses that I work with. I need to be able to work from wherever I want to, not an office. I need to have this um, level of remuneration for the work that I do. And within, again, within a couple of days, I saw the advert for the contract. It was an 11 month contract. Um, It was above what I'd even stated that I wanted to be paid. And I got the contract. And after the 11 months, it was extended for three years. So one of the most impactful things for me in terms of how I've crafted my life is and it's hard because I always found it quite uncomfortable when people would say stuff like manifest your life and thinking <laughs> it will be and all that kind of hairy fairy stuff. But actually, there is some truth in it. And, and I've demonstrated that. But I think what is really important, and I speak a lot about the fact that I don't really like vision boards. The reason why I don't really like vision boards is because I think people just look at the pretty pictures and they don't do the, the strategic stuff behind it. Yeah. So I think for me, what's been important is creating those visions or or I suppose yeah like being quite visual in what I want to achieve but then also being very diligent and systematic in doing the actions and the activities that I need to bring those things to fruition and in in pretty much most areas of my life where I've achieved any level of success that is what that's how I've operated I've decided what it is that I want I've described it I've um, developed the strategies that I need to follow in order to achieve it I've then looked at all of the tasks that I need to complete in order to achieve it and diligently ensured that on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis that I'm working through those tasks. 
And I say that, that has held me in good stead for the past few years, to be honest. I'd say that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing. I don't know if I even answered the question. Did I answer the question? Yeah, no, you definitely did. You definitely did. I think it, I think there's a there's a a tone to most stories of entrepreneurs and um, people who have really great success stories, and it's like the discipline and the structure um, that has to go into it. Otherwise, things just don't work. Like mm. systems fall when mm-hmm. there's no structure. So yeah, that's so true. Um, do you think you are successful? Is if yes, why? And if no, why? Um, yes, and I'm gonna say that with my whole chest. Yeah, <laughs> say it with but, your chest. Yeah, I'm saying it with my chest, but not necessarily to other people's standards. I would say I'm successful because I'm happy mm. and I'm and I'm fulfilled and particularly during this whole kind of COVID-19 scenario, I've seen people so happy to be furloughed, um, so upset maybe that they've not necessarily been able to achieve some of the things that they wanted to. Um, Some people that haven't been furloughed that are annoyed that they haven't been. And I'm just out here like, I'm happy every day to get up and do my work. And actually my challenge is I can't do as much work as I want to because I have a four-year-old that wants my time and attention. For me, that is success happiness and feeling fulfilled getting feedback from clients such as yourself saying that I've made a difference um in their lives in their businesses that fills me up and brings me joy and for me that is the epitome of success if every day you're living and you're happy and there's not really many things that you would like to change that for me is success and I think I'm there does that mean that I think I'm at the pinnacle of my success no um there's still a lot more things that I want to do and, and I want to achieve but God forbid, if I was taken from this earth tomorrow, I would feel that I, 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 my life was ended at a point where I could say I've achieved stuff and I've been successful and I've been happy. And, and I don't think that everybody's in that position. I'm sorry yeah. to make it sound quite morbid at the end. Yeah, no, but it's true. And I think what you're saying is, is so important because I think people struggle with that contentment and also making decisions and movements towards even greater goals so Mm -hmm. people assume that because you're content that you kind of have to stay on the same level but that's actually not true you can continue to climb even in that contentment I actually think also I think success as well people see success as a destination and actually success Actually, the beauty of success is the process. And at each stage, we should celebrate the success that comes with that process. Mm -hmm. Just as life is a process, just as we can't just wake up today. You know, when I was four years old, I wish I was 18 already. But we we can't wake up today and just just be 18. You know, Mm -hmm. life is a process. So therefore, the destination of life, success, is a process as well. Mm -hmm. And I think your perspective is really good. When you actually ask a lot of successful people in quote marks, if they think they're successful, they always say no. (laughs) <laughs> um, because I do, th- I think people are just have that level of greed of, you know, for lack of a better word, lack of contentment where they are. Mm. Um, and also, you know, people not really being satisfied fully in their heart. There's a vacuum placed in their heart. And I really strongly believe that that's because of a lack of reverence to a higher being. But yeah, so. <laughs> that's the story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's no. so- yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And I think um, there was a time where I would have said no, because I was on that kind of hamster wheel of consistently chasing for the next success. Mm-hmm. And I need to do that and I need to do that. But actually, as I said, sitting down, really the only thing that I want more is I would appreciate 
um, I suppose, working with some more clients mm. and I want to buy, I want to build my own house. Once I'm yeah. back, but it's not, I know that that's not something that's going to happen anytime, like in the next couple of months, but I know that I'm on the path to being able to achieve that. And one of the key things for me, which I think a lot of people miss, I think a lot of people uh, focus on finances when think about success. And actually for me, what's more important than finance, and I say this all the time, all the time, is freedom. Mm. And actually mm. on a daily basis, I have the freedom to pretty much do whatever it is that I want to do. So right. even, even with my contract, I am contracted to provide support to SMEs, but I can work with whoever, whichever SMEs that I choose to do, to work with. Mm. I can book in the meetings with them whenever I want to. And the same with the work that I do with my clients. So if I decide, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to work this week. I can not work this week and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for me, that also, being able to do that whilst also being able to live a relatively comfortable life, mm-hmm. that for me is happiness and therefore happiness equals success for me. But I appreciate that not everybody agrees with that. Yeah, it's actually funny because I'm writing my dissertation on on, on the concept of happiness. So oh, actually really? helping me a lot. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So lastly, um, well, we're probably gonna keep talking, but <laughs> um, what is your advice for the woman who may be confused about the path that they should go in go on? Especially right now, you know, coronavirus, when people might have lost their jobs, they th- you know, they thought they could stay in, in their jobs for longer, but maybe they've you know been furloughed been made redundant what you know what would be your advice for them it's funny I just gave this advice to a friend the other day who's in that exact um situation and what I said to her was fast forward to five years ten years um in the future what do you want your life to look like and and from a a non-work perspective but generally like where do you want to live what do you want to be doing where do you want to go on holiday she has a son I was saying imagine what the kind of lifestyle that you want to be able to afford to provide for your son and really, really, again, create a visual picture of what that looks and feels like. And I think that's really important, the feeling. What feeling does that give you um, when you think about achieving that? Then go and make a list of all of the things that you're good at and a list of things that you enjoy and see which of those things can enable you to, uh, to create that lifestyle that you've already envisioned. Mm. And I think to look at those two areas so what are you good at and and really and and I think what you're good at what you're good at doesn't always have to be what you enjoy but if you can find do you know what I mean if you can find if you can find um a place where those two things meet what you're good at and what you enjoy then perfect because that's where the sweet spot is Mm. however if you can't then focus on the thing that you're good at that you think is going to be able to uh, generate you some income quickly to then enable you to do the things that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love that. We yeah. actually had a remember we when we we went on um, went to London once and we, we we filmed or you know recorded a podcast with um, Candice from in other news, and she was talking about um, you know being you know bringing your best skill forward, and I think a lot of people are very passionate today, which is fine. Mm. Um, but actually, sometimes we put passion before what is our best skill. And actually, that conversation made me think about, actually, what is your best skill? And I realized that my best skills are not necessarily the skills that I enjoy the most, <laughs> but they're the things that are going to bring the money, bring the bread. If I look at what I'm passionate, I'm passionate 
What I'm most passionate about is to run social action projects, to go to Nigeria, to do charity work, you know, philanthropy. That is like my most passion. And you know, you know what, I, I'm, still, I'm still doing that. But actually what brings in the money is me sitting down and doing a lot of financial forecasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always say it's important. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because you know, you know what's what's you know what is what I'm best at is doing some analysis. It's doing some strategy work, right? And I don't always enjoy it because it takes a lot from my brain. Mm-hmm. But I, I need to do that because that's my best skill, you know. Or else my business, you know, the business will not go forward. Same as Lowly, right? You know, Lowly, your best. You know, you can speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy content planning. I think it's boring. Um, but I would say that actually my strength is being able to um, somehow articulate people's needs and now deliver it to them in a very fanciful way that makes them more interested, which plays into a lot of the marketing that we do already. So, yeah, absolutely. And also right now with, sorry. And I was going to say, but it goes back to what you said to, to the previous question, because for me, luckily, what I'm passionate about and what I enjoy is also what I'm good at. So yeah. in terms of why I'm therefore happy and feeling like I'm living a purpose-filled life is because I've been able to find that sweet spot. Yes. But is this the only thing that I'm passionate about and, and enjoy? No, I love food. Like, I love food. <laughs> For me, one of the things that I want to do at some point in my life is just to travel the world, eat food, and record videos about how good this food is. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I plan on doing that. Can I do that right now? No, I have a, I have a kid. Like, I'm not trying to chase her around the world. <laughs> like, I'm sure she's not interested. So also, I think it's important to remember that you don't... Passion is important. Mm. And it, you can, if you can find that sweet spot, great. But also, it doesn't mean that because you're focusing on what you're good at to generate income, that at a later date, you can't do that thing that you enjoy. And actually, one can fund and facilitate the other. And that should really push you forward and keep you focused on doing that thing that maybe is not the most fun or not the thing that you enjoy the most but actually if I'm if I smash this it means I can go over there and do that if I smash my life and I'm I build this business and I become this internationally respected business advisor Mm -hmm. at some point I'll be able to sit down and say you know what I'm taking off six months and I'm going on a tour of the world to just (laughs) (laughs) that's just what I'm going to do Absolutely. I, I, and I also, I also think right now where everyone's talking about economic empowerment for black female, black, black businesses in general, um, we have to realise that it's passion that will make us start the business, but it's our best skill that will make us actually sustain that business. My passion, our passions started Neo Enterprise, but actually it's the best skill set that actually sustains the business. Passion alone is not enough. Yeah. Um, and or if we just want to, if we are just passionate, it would, you know, all of our business would just remain side hustles, will remain professional hobbies, mm. and it wouldn't scale up into the legacy, you know, organizations that we've been shouting about. Definitely. So, yeah. I, I think passion now fuels the discipline that keeps mm. you, that's so good, that keeps you going consistently. And then the money that comes from those disciplines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to know, but it's not, everybody's not trying to make money. They're not. Mm-hmm. And actually for people for those people, you focus on your passion and what you enjoy, and that's fine for you. But I think if we're talking from a black community perspective, more of us need to focus on what we are good at and what is going to generate revenues because that is what's going to empower uh, the black community generally and economically 
which then enables the people that are really socially focused and only want to focus on social social stuff. We can then facilitate that because we've got the finances to do it. I started in the social enterprise sector. And one of the key pieces of advice that I give, as you know, to social enterprises is focus on ensuring that your business is sustainable and that it's generating revenue. You can do all of the social good in the world, but actually if you can't sustain it, who are you helping? And actually if you can't help yourself, you're pouring from an empty cup and at some point that cup is going to get depleted and you're not going to be able to help others. So if you are someone that's consistently on this, I'm not doing it for the finances and I don't want to be rich, blah, 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 that's fine. But you need to be able to sustain yourself. And I think that's important. I feel like I'm learning. I learn every, every time. Every, every time single speak, time. And I feel like you're coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Loki. But yeah, um, this was the end of all our questions that we had for you. We thank you so much for coming on being our first guest. This, you're the first guest on this one. Thank you. Um, so do you want to plug anything that you're doing right now, your socials, any projects you're working on, services? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at she's the boss INTL. So go and follow. I share um loads of different things, book reviews, uh, interview clips with female entrepreneurs, advice and guidance on how to better run your business, so on and so forth. You can also check me out on YouTube, She's the Boss Female Entrepreneur Stories, where I interview phenomenal women in business. I currently have over 60 interviews with women that I've interviewed over the past 2.5 years. So definitely check that out. I'm also going to be, and this is a something that I haven't shared yet, I'm going to be launching a summer school program next month. <laughs> yeah, so I need to put it out there publicly to hold myself accountable. Um, but it's going to be a six-week program where if you're kind of in the early stages of running your business, I'm going to give you all of the pretty much everything that I've done with you guys, but in a condensed version. So giving you the, the tools, the skills, the knowledge to be able to grow your business um, and in a very short period of time, I think. I've, I've, I've worked out the formula. And I want to share the formula um, in the summer school program. So that should be launching next month. And that's it, I think, really. So check me out. Oh, I'm on LinkedIn, Daniela Genus. Yes. Thank you so much, Daniela, for coming on board. Um, and I can't wait to share this at summer school with loads of people because we know there's going to be a lot of people that can benefit from that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that come to us for advice. And just, it's kind of like, go to Daniela. But yeah, thank you so much for coming. And what is the work work for this week, Laulu? The work work is to do everything that Daniela told you to do. <laughs> 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 no, but I think I think more importantly, it's um, if you have found yourself in that tight spot where you're trying to figure out how to navigate or recalibrate, uh, go back and ask yourself those questions about where you see your life in the next five to ten years, and work backwards from there. Um, have the vision in your mind, and then create a plan and make actionable steps. We actually spoke a little bit, you know, a lot actually about this in our vision. Um, episode all right everybody thank you so much see you on the next episode <laughs>